Have you ever felt like skipping a workout? That's okay, and I'll explain further coming up next. Welcome to Happily Ever Active, where we crack the consistency code with fitness tips on motivation, mindset, and much, much more. Now, here's your host, author of Feel Like It, and the guy with the silent O, Kelly Dell. What's going on, everybody? It's Friday again, time for a fresh episode. So welcome aboard. How did your week go? Did you connect with an old fitness flame you used to like or at least strengthen the bond with one of your staples in your routine? Maybe you felt it was necessary to chill out a little bit and get some needed recovery, which is definitely cool too. And I won't lie, I've felt super sluggish over the past week or so and I've got a small thing happening with my IT band, so as a result, I kind of put intense exercise on hold, at least for the last week or so, and I've decided to do more walking, especially with my two dogs, Bogey and Tosca. And aside from a stair workout on Wednesday with November Project, which I also modified, I've taken it pretty easy and tried to listen to my body and do things I enjoy that are really at a lower level of exertion. And given the current heat wave we're under and the fact that I get nearly all my exercise outside, I'm totally happy taking my foot off the gas and letting my body heal itself. And of course, I've got a few events coming up in the next uh, month or so that I'd like to make sure that I feel healthy and strong um, in preparation for them. So that's how things have gone for me this past week. But I'm wondering, how well do you adjust and adapt as situations change, situations that influence your fitness routine? Do you force things when your body clearly needs a break? Do you have backup plans so you can modify your routine? Over the long haul, as much as it may feel like you're not doing enough when you do take your foot off the gas a little bit, you're likely doing yourself a favor, right? And listen, it's not like I'm immune to feeling guilty when I skip or modify a planned workout. It happens. It's sort of a a conditioned response primarily from the culture that we live in, right? Where we have to be pushing all the time. But the next time you get after it, where you jump back in to your routine after a little bit of a break or at least a drop in intensity, that mini hiatus will quickly disappear in the rearview mirror. You'll be right back into things and right where you want to be. Now, what did you think of last week's interview with adventure racer James Gallipo? His story His story definitely makes me crave a little extra adventure in my own routine, but more than that, he really emphasized how important it is to stay curious and follow that curiosity when it comes to fitness. Every sustainable relationship starts with that sense of intrigue, even the most active people out there. And maybe that interview inspired you to go ahead and plan to try something new you've been curious about. Perhaps you've been curious about it for some time, and here's a little bit of a pro tip Make a deal with a friend if you're thinking about trying something new. You'll try something on their list and they'll try something on yours. And that makes it a little easier to stick your neck out, so to speak. There's power in numbers in this fashion. Anyhow, I've got a few more interviews coming up over the next while. I've structured the show so that I release one every month. And although James is an elite athlete, the show is certainly not just about high performance or the high performance side of fitness. It just so happens that James has turned active outdoor living into a lifestyle 
that he'll clearly be maintaining for a lifetime. So if you haven't heard that interview, go back and, and check it out. But another thing too, sometimes we see committed people and forget that they have a story too. They started somewhere and more often than not, there is struggle in their story. In episode eight, for example, with Elisa Kurlowitz, who's a former world-class mogul skier, she talked about her transition into and out of elite sport. And there were definitely some rough times in her story. And if we look at episode number 11 with three-time Boston marathoner, Jesse Arnett Blondin, she taught us that even the most dedicated runners had to start somewhere too. For her, a walk-run, walk-run strategy was exactly what she needed to get going and create a, a strong bond with running. So if your motivation to move and your commitment as a whole has been haphazard or random, don't fret about that. Even the most loyally active people go through or have gone through their own growing pains in this regard. So I really hope by subscribing to the show, you'll pick up some useful tips and strategies that I've been trying to pull from these interviews, but also I dispense in my non-interview editions of the show. And I think some of these tips and strategies will help you work through the growing pains, if you will, and any motivational struggles that you have. And hopefully, uh, those of you who've been listening for a while, that has been the case for you. And for those of you who have sort of figured things out or are pretty well in a routine that you feel you can sustain or you've been sustaining for a while, hopefully you'll be prepared for any tough times that you might encounter ahead because every routine eventually runs into obstacles. That is just a fact of life. Now, if you want to deep dive into this content further, into this idea of the mental side of sustainable fitness, nab a copy of Feel Like It. In fact, the audio version could be a perfect fit if you listen to podcasts as you exercise. So I'll link to it in the show notes. So please check it out, pick up a copy. And speaking of feeling like it, you know, that positive anticipatory motivation we feel towards physical activity. Today, I want to spend some time discussing what I think goes highly undiscussed in today's fitness culture. And first off, before I really dive in, even as James Gallopo said in his interview, it's okay if you don't always feel like exercising. There's nothing wrong with you if that's what you feel on occasion. James discussed how it will all balance out. At least it does for him, and I think there's wisdom in that. For example... He mentioned that if he really doesn't feel like biking, he'll do something else as part of his training. His sport, which has a lot of different disciplines, a a lot of different uh, activities within it, lends itself to such decisions. And in previous episodes, I mentioned how this is how we can benefit from having a bucket of activities, even some diversity in intensities within that bucket, so that something always tends to stick out when we ask ourselves, how am I going to move today? If you don't feel like going for a run, for example, you might feel like doing something else. But if you've built a bucket, you've packed in some things that you know you like to do, then you're going to be engaging in activities on a regular basis that still fit you. They just might be different from day to day because of the intensity you might be craving or the intensity that you might be um almost attracting, if you will. But as I mentioned in today's intro, I just finished a week where I honestly, honestly didn't feel like doing much beyond walking my dogs. But I trust myself that this won't last forever, right? Yes, I could easily have pushed the willpower button and dragged myself into 
um, and through some really intense exercise. And yes, that's a legitimate option. The willpower button is a legitimate option, but more so it's a legitimate option that is part of any fitness routine built on positive motivation, a routine based on activities that you like to do. Then it gains its legitimacy as far as I believe. However, if you have a routine that is not built on things that you like to do, or you tend to really over-attack fitness and create these aversive experiences, which I'm going to talk a little bit more in the latter half of the show, then yeah, you're going to end up having to rely on willpower a lot to get off the couch. That's kind of the name of that game. So let's not get caught up in the idea that willpower, which goes by many aliases like discipline or self-control. Let's not get too carried away that that's a skill that can carry you forever. It's a tool to pull out once in a while. And once we understand that it's a tool that we can pull out or you should pull out only once in a while, then we can start seeing like, okay, how do I make it so I don't have to use the willpower button as often? How do I create a routine and make decisions so I create a positive attraction to physical activity where it's easier for me to go out and make that decision every day. And in general, the use of willpower, and I've talked about this a little bit before in previous episodes, the use of willpower can be a really important sign and everyone will need to lean on willpower to finish a workout. That's sort of a normal way of deploying willpower, even if you've got a really strong bond with physical activity. If you do rely on it to get started, though, that's where you use it the most often. That's where it becomes important data. And here's what I mean by that. The implication of using willpower to self-start on a regular basis is really based on the notion that you don't feel like working out very often, that you have to push that button to get off the couch, so to speak. Again, not feeling like exercising is fine. Try not to judge that. Let's just treat that as data. And that's really a core message today. Today's fitness culture definitely doesn't see it this way though, not in the slightest. Instead, it treats this feeling, this feeling of not wanting to exercise as a weakness that you should just overcome with, like I said, willpower. That's that whole suck it up idea. Just suck it up and get it done. The conversation, it seems, as a whole ends there. It's a conversation that lacks empathy, in my opinion, and compassion. And worse, it's a conversation we have with ourselves in the privacy of our own minds. So we are having this self-talk, we are engaging in this self-talk on our own. And we show ourselves very little self-compassion when, for example, we wake up and we really don't feel like going for that run. And there's ways, again, there's ways to manipulate this feeling and there's ways to strategize to avoid having this feeling. And hopefully that's what you've been, you've been picking up from the show. But this idea that we're just not very kind to ourselves when we do feel this way and we feel guilty and maybe even a little ashamed when we are telling ourselves that you'd rather do something else than work out or you'd rather do something less intense than, than you do your normal intense workouts. By having those, those thoughts, we're really treating yourself unfairly a lot of the time. And, and just as a heads up, as I'm talking about that, the next interview edition of the show is actually going to be on self-compassion, where I interview two plugged-in researchers on the topic. It's really a fascinating topic, and 
I'm personally chomping at the bit for it to come out. So look forward to that. In the meantime, though, I think we need to ask a question of ourselves. And this is going to be this week's question of the week. And like I said, this is a question that's just not getting asked because the conversation about not feeling like working out tends to kind of end with, well, just because you don't feel like it, you shouldn't do it. So suck it up and get out there. And even, you know, the message is no excuses, just go and do it. And so here's the question of the week. When you don't feel like being active, why don't you feel like it? We don't ask that question enough. And in it, again, in your answers is some important data. We can use that data to inform your routine and some of your strategies, at least your motivational strategies going forward to make sure that, you know, you feel like moving more often and you don't feel like it less and less. And that's kind of the name of the game as a whole. And I, and again, I'm, I'm a super big critic of today's no excuse fitness culture. Your answer, whatever your answer is, it's legit as far as I'm concerned. As long as it's an honest one, you're being honest with yourself, it's legit. And please don't say that you're lazy and that's why you don't feel like it. You have done, and I'm sure if we sat down one-on-one and had a conversation, I know that you've done many things in your life and you do many things daily that should prove to you that you're not a lazy person. Not wanting to exercise is not a character flaw. A lot of people don't feel like exercising. And most of them show a strong work ethic and a commitment to so many other things in their life. So it's hard to convince me it's a matter of laziness. As you think about why you don't feel like being active sometimes or most of the time, I want to give you some food for thought um, to do with your answers. And knowing why you don't feel like exercising sometimes might be the data you need to make, again, those adjustments so that you do feel like moving more often in the future. And when you're able to bring that spark, that feel like it spark and stoke it a little bit, you're going to do just fine. You'll figure this out and be able to adjust when things change, when situations change, when when um, schedules, for example, change. So this food for thought comes in a list of five reasons, not excuses, reasons why most people don't feel like exercising. And each item on this list is actionable too, which means there's something you can do to ensure you feel like moving more often. There's a way to respond to some of these things. So five reasons why most people don't feel like exercising. The first is, and probably the most important, and it's the thing that comes up in my interviews with people, my work with people um, most often, is an activity aversion. So the activities that you choose or the way that you do your activity, the intensity at which you attack that activity, even the atmospheres in which you perform that activity are creating some sort of aversion towards that activity. If you are going too intense too much of the time where you pass a threshold of enjoyment, you're creating a negative association with that activity. If your choices in the first place are just not enjoyable, they they or they maybe they on the other side of things, they just don't challenge you in a way that you like to be challenged, which in that case would mean that your aversion is more about boredom or things have gone stale where there's no real attractive spark to what you've been doing. Or for example, on the atmosphere side, you are 
doing an activity in a place or with people that you don't really enjoy being around, then you're setting yourself up for the association that when you think about working out that, okay, I'm not too sure if I want to, that's not attractive enough. And that's why I call it the activity aversion or you have an activity aversion. That is the primary reason in my experience why people don't feel like exercising as often. But there's also four others that affect how we feel towards our next exercise session, having an injury or being ill. So if you feel ill, clearly, if you're sick, you're not going to feel like moving. And if you're injured and you go and exercise, you might feel pain as you exercise, again, creating a an aversion to that experience. And this is not going into the idea of like, oh, you know, you got to baby yourself and you got to feel perfect every time. But when you're legitimately ill, you've got a really strong cold. And I'll just give you more of an extreme example here. You got a really bad head cold and it's your day to run and it's the winter. And you know, you know, that half an hour run is just going to be painful. You know what? It's okay if that doesn't seem attractive to you. It's probably good and long in the long haul that you take care of yourself and just don't go out there. Let yourself heal. So that's a, a big reason why people don't feel like going um, going for that run or that's a big reason why people don't feel like exercising is that they've got an injury or an illness that is sort of holding them back. And not a whole lot you can do about that one except for take care of yourself. Stress. And this is number three. Stress. Number three and number four are actually uh, strongly linked. So we live very busy lives in a lot of ways and some stressors that we have just like to do with our jobs or whatever are chronic and some stressors just kind of come in and sideswipe us. And when we're dealing with a lot of stress, it's very easy to be mentally distracted and very quickly get preoccupied with the stressor, of course, and sometimes we deprioritize a lot of things in our lives, including physical activity. Now, I'm going to say that's not necessarily an awful thing because the stressor might be, again, data that something in your life requires attention, okay? That's the data. That's what this data might be telling you. There's something bigger than, you know, your next CrossFit session, your next uh, yoga class that needs to be taken care of to make sure that the next time you go and exercise, it's a quality session. It's a session that you can fully pour yourself into. So stress is a big one, a big reason why people don't feel like exercising. But stress also is a drain on our physical resources as well as our mental resources. And so we can feel physically and mentally drained. That's number four, fatigue. So as it happens, if stress drains our resources and makes us feel tired, then the research shows that on a day where we feel tired or we, for example, we don't get enough sleep because we're stressed and there's a lot of reasons why we don't get enough sleep, the next day makes it very hard for us to go and work out. There's a, a, a chance, a greater chance that we will not work out if we feel tired. Getting the amount, the right amount of sleep based on the demands of your life is important. And so uh, sleep deprivation, of course, is going to make us feel not like working out. And so that's data that, again, that something is probably requiring some extra attention. So take care of your sleep. And this is something that is becoming, for some reason, I don't really know why it even exited the uh, discourse uh, uh, on uh, health and wellness, but sleep has become a lot more robust in the discourse these days that, you know, we need to take care of 
ourselves more. And the main way to do that or a big way to do that is to get the appropriate sleep. Don't cut back on sleep, right? That's, it seems so, so basic, but it's one of those things that that little change in your routine um, can have pretty significant results or a significant impact on other things. Just to review, number one was an activity aversion. That's why people don't feel like exercising very often. There's an injury or an illness, number two. Number three was stress. Number four was fatigue. And number five is mental health. And so I've got a lot of experience on this side of the equation, particularly with depression, but depression is really a self-starting killer, right? It really takes a grip of people and maybe it's gripped you or grips you from time to time and it makes you really feel like doing nothing, to be honest. And if you feel like this or even like social anxiety where you don't want to go out in public or you don't want to go out to a gym or a class because you're just not feeling comfortable around people, then this is something that the actionable item really here is to, to or the action to take is to really, if you haven't already, speak to a physician, look for professional help to get assistance on this matter. If you have and you know, you're still going through this, it's okay. Again, it's okay if you decide to not go because that's how you feel. It's okay. If your self-starting engine is sputtering towards an intense spin class, maybe there's something else that you can do that you do have that impetus. You do have enough energy to go out and do. But again, if you just need to do nothing, you need to take care of yourself in other ways, do that. And so these are the main reasons These five reasons are the main reasons, not excuses. You see where no excuse culture can be really toxic. These aren't excuses for not exercising. They're reasons. They're legitimate reasons. So don't feel badly if you don't feel like it because you're feeling or you're experiencing some of these things like an activity aversion, an injury or illness, stress, fatigue, or you're facing a mental health challenge. And of these five things, which one sticks out to you as a common obstacle in your routine? Something that kind of blocks that positive anticipation towards exercising. More importantly, is there anything you need to take care of in the rest of your life to minimize its role? Do you need to reassess your sleep schedule? Do you need to let yourself heal or seek additional help for a physical illness? Do you need to talk to somebody about your mental health? Or as item one uh, refers to an activity aversion, do you need to really give your routine an audit about, you know, the choices that you're making to be active and where you're doing those activities and at what intensity? If you really, really don't like the activities you're choosing and how you do them, then that might be the lowest hanging fruit to kind of get that feel like it mojo back. And remember, I can't repeat this enough. These are not excuses. If you feel these things or experience these things, it's just data and that data is trying to tell you something. So I strongly implore you to listen to that data and take action, take charge. With that, I wish you a week ahead of enjoyable exercise. If you are digging the show, share it with a friend or even rate it if you're listening to it on Apple Podcasts. It only takes a second. And thank you if you've already done so. That's awesome. In the meantime, though, Here's to living happily ever active.
this episode of Happily Ever Active has ended, but be sure to subscribe for more content on the mental side of fitness. Oh, and don't forget to rate and review the show. See you next time.